Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Talking. I'm your host Tom and thanks for joining on episode two. Now a quick thank you for all of the great feedback on our previous episode, episode one. It's been a pleasure to hear all your thoughts and comments and all the love on social media that we received off the back of that. Now this is episode two and it's an exciting one here on the podcast as it features my first ever guest who is the brilliant Jess in Piazzi. Now me and Jess met virtually on Zoom just a week or so ago and honestly guys I've been really really excited and looking forward to sharing the conversation that me and Jess had with you all. Jess talks with brilliant honesty about her personal journey, her experiences of mental health, Alongside providing her advice, really, for a positive outlook and how to bounce back from trauma, she's a really inspiring person. When we spoke, it was really, really inspiring to hear her story, so I can't wait for for you to all hear it now. So, grab a cup of tea, turn the volume up a little bit if you need to, or just sit back and relax, and let's get talking with Jess in Piazzi. So, hello, and a warm welcome to Let's Get Talking to Jess Impiazzi, who is our first ever guest on the show. So it's a big, big day for us, and we're really grateful um, for Jess for joining us. Firstly, I hope I've pronounced your surname um, correctly. I've watched a couple of videos of you on podcasts and on interviews, and it's something that I've been practicing. Some people have got it wrong, so hopefully I've got it right. And just how are you today, I suppose, we'll start off with? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just... um getting on with whatever we can during the lockdown so I think um you know we can think this is a negative but we just have to try and wire our brains to find the things that we could get on with and that's what I've been doing so keeping my head above the water with it all <laughs> definitely so have you touched on the lockdown there and also like like everyone does in in conversations around this time the, the word lockdown comes up quite a bit and that I was just thinking earlier on today, actually, just before we started um, having a conversation about obviously your time on um, Celebrity Big Brother and whether sort of staying indoors and not getting up to too much for, for a long period of time on that show, if, if if that helps you at all with this lockdown or has it been a bit of a different experience yeah, you know, to, to that? When the first lockdown in the summer happened, I referenced this quite a lot. I said it was almost like a... Um, a, a little insight to how lockdown would be because in there obviously you can't even leave you can't even go out for you've got a tiny little garden that the whole house is actually a lot smaller than it looks on tv it's tiny and um yeah our phones are taken away we just had conversation but what I did find easier in the house was because we didn't have this constant distraction on phones so many more conversations were happening and it was quite a beautiful thing to remove technology from my life altogether and go back to basics with other human beings. Um, you had to interact, otherwise you just sit on your own all day long and you'd go crazy. But we kind of do that now because we've got a device in our hand that stimulates a part of our brain. Whereas we didn't have that in there, we had to engage in conversation, which actually meant we learned something every day from you know the people I had in there. It was you of the woman, I had politicians, I had you know uh, Boris Johnson's sister Rachel Johnson so I was learning so much and it gave me that opportunity so again I suppose if we reference it to kind of lockdown now you've got to take what you can out of these things and it was boring in Big Brother don't get me wrong but it, it was an opportunity to talk to people and learn stuff that I would never have had the opportunity to do or even thought to do it in real life. It's really interesting that you say obviously that time for conversation technology strips away I think technology and lockdown has been obviously a big big part of um 
people probably staying on the right track, whether that's obviously television or Zoom calls and, and, and things like that. And it's obviously interesting, as you say, because when you do watch Big Brother, the house does look massive. So yeah. that's quite interesting to hear that it's actually quite small. Um, and I'm sure that caused some problems along the way. Oh, that's what the show's about, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, here on the on the show, Jess, uh, we just sort of want to share stories of, of inspiration, um, experiences of mental health and just get people's thoughts on um, how important it is to, to talk about mental health. Uh, as I as I've sort of said to you previously, I do I work at a secondary school um, and I've started to see, especially with the pandemic, obviously, um, quite a rapid drop in young people's mental health and and everyone really I know a lot of people are struggling and, and like you say at the, at the start of our conversation about turning it into a positive and some people have done that as well which is brilliant um for those that don't sort of know lots about your journey or know anything at all um it'd be great if we could just start off with you just sort of explaining a little bit about sort of what's made you the person that you are today yeah I mean it goes right back and this is why I wrote my book Silver Linings because I've done tv shows and people kind of just knew me from that but actually there's a bigger story and I now had an audience that I could hopefully with my story help other people um so as a child I grew up witnessing quite a lot of domestic violence in the home so I, as an adult now when I look back I know that that wires a brain quite differently um so I, I had PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder that I was unaware I had because when you're that age that's just normal now if I've seen that go on that was yeah, my normality so I didn't know anything different but my body had been wired into a PTSD fight or flight response to every circumstance. So from that, that led on to anxiety, to depression. Um, but through all of just that on its own, as, as the years went on, a few more traumatic things happened. My nephew died of meningitis when I was 17 and I'd been helping to care for him that day. And I basically watched the whole thing happen. He, he was 13 months old. My mum went blind six months later. My, my real father was a raging alcoholic. Um, so it was just a lot of things one after the other. And it wasn't until my late 20s that I was even aware that I had PTSD. And I think for me, the most important thing I've learned from any of this was awareness. Um, when you become aware of something, that's where you have your chance to change it. We all, I, I find a lot of people, including myself up until the last, you know, four years, was completely unaware of of my thoughts, unaware of my actions, unaware of patterns I was repeating. I'd get stuck in a, in a cycle because I would have a PTSD response to something. I would act out in a certain way, which would then, you know, create some negative choices. And then it would just completely loop. And I couldn't break that loop because I wasn't aware I was doing it. Um, so the, I think when you, if you know things aren't going right for you or you, or you know you're not feeling good, that could now I can look back and say if I'd have realized that then that I wasn't feeling good that is an awareness and you've got to look into that and that's when you can go and get help and that's why as you said mental health is so important to talk about because when you can um talk about it you are now aware of it definitely I think it'd be really interesting for people just to hear that just to hear sort of the the events that have happened to you um that's why I sort of got in touch with it. The story that you've got is um, is definitely one that's really powerful and, and inspiring, but some people might just obviously, like you said at the start, um, be aware of you for television programs or, or seeing your face on um, different different things like that. So to actually hear um, all of those things that you've been through and to, to where you are now obviously does, like you said, being aware of it right at the start um, can really help you sort of 
look at it in a, in a different way. But then I suppose um, back then we're, we're, we're making sort of strides now in terms of talking of mental health, but it'd be interesting to know if, if back then were you aware of sort of it being a, a sort of a, an issue or, or did you just see it as events happening? No, I didn't see it. As, as you say, back then it wasn't really spoken about. Um, you know, you see adults that had mental health problems, but you would never see, oh, a child would have that. So you're dismissed as a child back then. I don't think that's the case now. And I think we're very progressive now in trying to help younger people with mental health problems. But back then it was almost, oh, you're just a child with your emotions. You just kind of got swept under the carpet and then and yeah. of course anything that gets swept under the carpet is going to build up in your body in another way and come out as depression as anxiety as ptsd as all these other things if it's not looked after and helped um there's so many things that can open up the mind i mean every morning to this day i'll sit and watch someone that inspires me to be a better version of myself but i had to make that choice to do that and I think what's good now, whilst everyone's talking about it, is more people are coming forward and saying, actually, I've used this tool to help myself. You could try that. But there's so many, you know, different things work for different people. But we have the ability now to go on to YouTube or read books and, and with people that have gone through something and came out the other side. We can learn from that, even if it doesn't necessarily fit to what happened in our own lives it's the mindset tools that really change us around. So for instance, there's a man called Dr. Joe Dispenza who talks about the science of the brain. Um, he's fan fantastic, Wim Hof, um, about healing yourself. And I think now nowadays we are more in a position to help ourselves as well because of these um, portals like YouTube and getting a book off of Amazon the next day, you know, we've got these portals. And I think as long as we have um, the awareness that we need to change something because we're not feeling right, then we can we can take that into our hands now. Um, also, just for for instance, reaching out to the many charities that are online, um, we we're, we're in a much fortunate more fortunate position, but we're also in a harder time because now there's also the opposite side of social media with bullying and all that kind of stuff. So um, we just have to find the ground where we can find the right balance after. to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um... I touched on it a little bit in the first episode when, when it was just me sort of talking about my own experiences and uh, especially now with working with young people like you say there's so many fantastic organizations and there's social media channels and um, with I find with young people it's it, like we, like you said it's one thing obviously telling a young person to go and speak to that that mm. charity or that organization but for them to sort of be aware of, of a change that's happening, like you say, is really crucial. So I think that's a, a great message. Obviously, you spoke about um, and you've spoken quite um, openly as well on television and um, in the media about obviously your your mum losing her sight. Um, would you say sort of that point in your in your journey was sort of a, a turning point? I know you sort of obviously were so sort of supportive for, for your mum and I recently watched an interview that you did on um, Loose Women on ITV and sort of the relationship that you could it was just really powerful and, and inspiring to watch so was that sort of the the turning point where you thought and you were really aware of everything would you say and sort of the turning point to, to change or did it come later? No I think it was a lot later I think that actually was a very difficult time I was 17 mm. just yeah just nearly 18 and my mum went blind um, and obviously I was still trying to heal and figure out how to get through life after my nephew had passed away. Um, so that actually was a really tough period because now I 
now my mum needed help but I needed help but I didn't have yeah. someone there to, to help me so um it was a very very difficult time that and I kind of just kind of lost the plot a bit and that's when I say in my 20s I was a bit wild because I was doing a pattern that didn't help I was feeling depressed I'd go out drinking I'd go out clubbing I'd feel worse the next day and because I felt worse the next day I'd go and do it all over again and I got into this spiral of um just doing negative patterns that were not going to help me because I didn't know how to I didn't know who to reach out to I didn't know who to speak to I didn't know how to fix it and I couldn't fix it no one can fix it because I should be seeing again now so it, it was something that couldn't be fixed um that was a really difficult period it wasn't until I was about 27 28 when I was getting divorced that I hit my rock bottom and that was all these things that had piled up and piled up from you know 10 11 years old up until 27 28 I hadn't fixed them I hadn't fixed the the pain I hadn't fixed the uncertainty I hadn't fixed the lack of I had no stability I, I just hadn't fixed any of it so often we talk about rock bottom as a really dire place it's like awful rock bottom it was but in all honesty it was my saving grace like rock bottom to me was a place where I had to grow from because there was no other way to go at this point and sometimes it we have to be broken completely apart as a human for us to be able to grow again and I think Dr Wayne Dyer he said a really beautiful thing in one of his books which was a seed has to break to become a tree so when we when we try and to not feel a pain when we, we we always try to deflect it mine was going out drinking a lot of people will find a way to deflect a pain but sometimes just opening up and feeling that pain it processes it and that's what we need to do is process it and then it can be fixed a lot quicker than trying to block it all the time because that could go on for years and years and years like it did for me but if you if you know there's a pain and a trauma or something that is healing you open up and feel it like the only way you can cleanse it is by feeling it and then once you feel it you can learn to do look at the emotions in different ways you can learn different tools how to cope with that emotions but if you're never going to feel it you're never going to know what's going to work so I often feel like if there's something you need to get out you have to talk about it you have to almost purge it for it to then heal and that comes back to like you said at the start of, of being aware of it first and foremost and I think what you say there about um being at rock bottom I think that, that obviously there might be people listening um to to this that might be at rock bottom or close to or feel like they're on the path there and to, to hear someone that's been there and describe it almost as a as a positive way where you like you said you allowed yourself to feel sort of the pain of well like you said over 10 years of sort of mm. traumatic events and hurt and everything that's happened to to sort of see that as a as a catalyst almost to say okay I need to I need to feel this I need to use it and yeah allow allow myself I think a lot of young people that I work with and things that I see on social media it's a brave thing to do to allow yourself to to be in pain and, and to hurt and and then to heal um and I suppose that that brings us on quite nicely to like you mentioned your your new book which is which is out and called Silver Linings and I, I do recommend everyone to to get hold of a copy of that to obviously hear your story in more detail but looking back at everything that's happened we've obviously gone over it um quite quickly then how sort of what was that process like in terms of reflecting on everything that's happened to you and and sort of getting out getting out so a, a lot of people I suppose do use that as a coping mechanism in terms of writing but to write a full 
book about your your journey up to date is uh, I, I I guess is quite a maybe a challenging process. Yeah, definitely. It was it was it was frightening to think I was going to tell everyone the truth from the beginning. But another thing I've learned is that once you open up and be honest and have your truth, no one can really hurt you anymore because you've 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 owned it. Then and once you own something, it can't really be thrown at you. So. Um, hold my hand I'm like this is the mistakes I've made this is why I've done it but here's my silver lining from it um I wanted to talk about each individual chapter of the things that had gone not necessarily just chapters have gone wrong there were some lovely memories in there as well but also that if we're talking about the traumatic side of things it was again it was therapeutic because it's things I have spoken about to people but I'd I hadn't really just blurred it all out on a page and there were my inner feelings I, I, I used to talk about for instance my nephew passing away as a fact so it'd be like he had meningitis this is what happened that day and I would just lay it without any emotion and this whilst I was writing it I really pulled out the emotions of the day and and, and the weeks to follow and then the years to follow of how it, how it all went down and it it did spark another emotional response in me but again it was the purging of it because yes it's happened but what have I learned from that? I've learned that he was 13 months old and he passed away. That could happen to anyone at any given point. So actually death is our biggest teacher because I know for a fact now that if I'm going to invest my energy into something that's going to make me sad, I'm not going to get them hours back. So if I'm in a bad mood for 24 hours, they're not coming back. And what if that was my last 24 hours? What if I knew that was my last 24 hours? Would I ever, would I spend them 24 hours being miserable? No, I would want to share love. I would want to tell people how much I love them. I want people to know how much love there is in the world and I want to do as much as I could in those 24 hours to have a better day and impact people's lives in a positive way and we often I think take for granted the fact that it happens to all of us it doesn't need to be a scary thing but it, it death and it, it, you, one thing we can always remember is that we'll be born we'll breathe and we'll die and if we can remember that we are on a we are on a time limit we can live from a greater place because it, it's, it's showing us that it, it, time isn't forever and if we remember that, we can just honestly do what we want to do. Like love is the greatest force on earth. And if we can show people that at any given time, you're probably going to have a better day. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's just a, a better place to live from that you don't think we're invincible. It, sometimes when you think you're invincible, you want you start pushing things away. Like I was saying about um, ref deflecting any pain open up to it and let let love in let, let let yourself feel because that's where you can learn to love yourself again from and and fix the wounds and i think it's very important for people to understand that yeah definitely to have that mindset of um almost like you say to just to be open to everything and, and allow it and and really sort of take life with both hands i suppose and and whatever comes your way just like you say treat it with love and and, and embrace it as, as you have you quite honestly obviously yeah. said that you never know when we never know when the last sort of moment is going to be and you can either look at that as a that is the scariest thing ever or you can and you can use it as a positive and I suppose something that's really important for for people that might be listening um and we've had a few comments on our social media about sort of discussing things like this is it is sort of the how to bounce back from those setbacks, I suppose, and those and, and those difficult moments. So, and in your when you were writing your book, I suppose you went went through it all again in terms of how you did bounce back. You spoke there um, brilliantly about sort of the mindset. But is there anything else that you would say, sort of as advice, I suppose, as sort of how to bounce back from setbacks and sort of pick yourself back up and keep going? Yeah, I mean, 
the bounce back's always fantastic. Let's be honest. When you, when you feel like you've you've gone to the depth of awfulness to bounce back from it, you think, okay, and it's the little things that you do that will enable you to do that. So, um, my journey to bounce back was I actually taken an overdose when I was in Australia, and um, that was my rock bottom. And I just remember waking up and thinking, I don't want to live like this anymore. I this there's only two options now and I keep going down this path or I have to change everything I'm doing but it's difficult because you're hardwired your brain is hardwired in that in that particular way um one thing I did learn um when I recently actually was that before the age of 17 your frontal cortex isn't fully developed so I was very depressed as a youngster because I'd only seen you know these things trauma stuff going on that I didn't see there being any hope for that to get better. But that apparently is because of the frontal cortex not being developed. They find, a youngster will find it more difficult to see that there is a brighter future and it, bad things don't last forever. And I wanted just to bring that up because if I had known that back then when I was 17, when I also, I'd also tried to end my life at 17, it's interesting to know because if I had known that then, I'd be like, okay, this is just my brain playing tricks. This isn't telling me that there's nothing better ever coming there really is like I've been at the brink of despair to the point you know that twice in my life I've tried to end it and then I've realized well actually look at me now thank god that didn't happen and I wish I could find all the people that have tragically lost their lives and be like don't listen I promise you there is this this abundance and this amazing life ahead of you um but it you know because of that, the, the best kind of tools I learned was to snap out and change patterns. So when you are, our bodies and our minds trick us into a, a, almost an autopilot of living because we wake up, we'll do the same thing. And then we just kind of float along an autopilot, but you need to snap it out of that. So I used to struggle to get out of bed in the morning, pull myself out. And it's these little things that will start a mindset change. I didn't want to work out. I couldn't be bothered. I was feeling lazy. So if I was feeling lazy, therefore I wouldn't do it. But that was an emotion that I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't allowing myself to do something different. So I'm like, well, of course you're not going to feel like getting up and making your body sweat and run and potentially, you know, ache your muscles. You don't want to want to do that. But then when you start forcing yourself to, your mindset starts to change because then you're you're now in control of your thoughts and your emotions rather than your emotions and your thoughts being in control of you. So I'd start setting my alarm for six. Like now I get up at 5.30 pretty much every day. Um, and I'll, I'll go to the gym and eventually you start craving these things. You start craving to want, because now you're feeling the new emotions that are endorphins, good vibes. You're, you're feeling a different way. So therefore you're craving that. And that works in the other way is that if you're feeling lo sad, low, you're used to that emotion, you know that emotion, so it's easier to stay in it. So then you can spiral, but you're never gonna be feeling happy here because it, it's not a nice place to be. But if you can trick the mind for just a, you know, 40 days to create new habits, you suddenly got these new emotions and new feelings that are going on the upward spiral. So it's just the little tricks to start with, whether it be waking up earlier, to go for a workout whether it be you know sitting down to try something new for 30 minutes a day because if we keep on doing the same thing all day every day they say um I think was it Einstein that said um if you insanity is doing the same things and expecting a different result 
if you want a different result you need to try the different things but you the only person that can do that is yourself and that's what I learned I was in victim mode for a long time and I expected everyone else to fix my life for me but it's not their responsibility the only responsibility is is yours so therefore if you feel sad you go and reach out to someone because they're going to come that's how you get help the only person that can change is if you want to change and when you're feeling like that you should want to change definitely i think like you said and it's something can be as, as simple as just sort of waking up and um i've saw a lot of people on social media recently that sort of just making their bed in the morning is an achievement and if that's the sort of the first thing that starts off more of a positive mindset or a positive outlook just for that day and then the next day you like you say you sit down and try something new or, or you get out and you and you do some exercise and I think in obviously in lockdown especially now everyone's trying to find new ways of um, exercising whether that's going out for a run or doing sort of fitness classes online and a lot of people that I've spoke to whether that's the young people I work with or again things you see on on social media is it gathering more momentum about sort of the perception of yourself and, and body image and body positivity and I was just wondering if that's something that like I said a lot of young people that I that I speak to have such a negative image of themselves whether that's how they look or just their sort of the path that they're on I suppose I was just wondering if you had any sort of um we're going down the advice route again because how you, what you've said so far has been brilliant but sort of if you've ever had that negative image of, of, you, of yourself and how you um, overcame that. Like you said, you spoke about sort of going out for exercise or going to the gym and wondering if that was obviously, did that come from a negative image or is that a way that you used to cope with things that were happening? Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I, a lot of people I know and I think most people in the world have had, had a bad perception of themselves at some point. Um, with Now with social media, we've got, women posting pictures and I've been I've done this in the past which I don't anymore but I've done it in the past you'd edit your pictures change the shape of your body so young people are seeing a warped image and expecting that to be real life and I did the same because I was watching these women sort of change mine and then the cycle continues it goes on to the next person who then sees my warped image and you know it's because we didn't love ourselves enough self-love is one of the most important things we can ever have and that is to embrace your whole self. There is no one else like you in this world at all. You're unique, unless you're a twin, but you're still gonna be a bit different. But you know, there's no one else that is you and that is your superpower. I mean, I think for me, the, the exercise in my later life was definitely for my mindset because it would, it, it's science, it's your endorphins, you know. Um, but we've got to remember that what we see on social media and what we see in magazines it's all edited. So it's hard to, as a young person, even now, if I look through social media, and I'm looking at someone with killer body and I'm like, God, I've, I've been healthy. I'm going for a gym and I don't look like that, but we're all different. And, you know, self-love is so important to the point where I don't necessarily look at myself anymore and be like, oh, I'll change this. I'm like, no, this is my body. And actually my body gets me up every morning. My body breathes, my body eats food, my body help me write a book. It, it's, there's so many things that are beautiful and unique to you that you've got to remember that's the important thing. It's not what you look like, what the scales say or what other people say about you. It's what you think of you that changes your world. And I let for so many years, the outside world tell me who I should be and what I should be and what, uh, what weight I should be and how my hair should be. And it wasn't until I could 
strip back and do the little things of self-love even to the point when I used to moisturize silly little things now every morning every night I'll moisturize my skin because my skin keeps all my organs in it looks after me it's, it's my body and when we can learn to love every section of ourselves you don't you won't get so eaten up in it and yeah I think the the message of self-love is is so important and I know from a personal experience I think in the first lockdown it was um, a really exciting sort of time to be able to have that time to meet your exercise goals or start eating better or whatever it was and me and my friends sort of set up a, a running group and we would run and we would sort of challenge each other and we've done it again this lockdown but I think coming out of Christmas and as you do you eat lots you drink lots you have lots of fun mm-hmm. um and I sort of I, I've just learned in the last month that if I'm going to go out on a 5k run let's say I'm doing that for sort of my mindset and just to make me feel better I'm not yeah I don't have to post it on Instagram or <laughs> a lot of like you I see a lot of things like does a run actually count if it's not on Instagram and I think if you just do it like you say do it for yourself do it for those endorphins for that positive mindset um I think is such a, a brilliant message I think we've gone sort of quite um full circle now which has been really good um obviously discussed all, all the things your journey and, and and your book and I actually tuned into the live Instagram book launch which was very entertaining I, I think it, I think it was your dad that was sort of dancing and singing around and yeah we they thrown me a party I'm staying with them for the lockdown and then they thrown me a party I was just surprised that how they pulled it off I don't know because they'd gone to the shop got all these balloons asked me to go and get something from the shop and I was like you've just been but okay when I came back there was balloons and champagne and by five o'clock we'd had quite a lot of the champagne <laughs> um and then by seven when I had to go live I was like I'm not gonna be able to read my book now so Jim <laughs> it's your chance you're you're it's the famous get singing do us some do us some Frank Sinatra um they went down quite well I had a good laugh so <laughs> yeah it definitely went down well I think um so on the every every show that we that we do and every episode that we do, obviously this is going to be the second episode. So you're the actual first person to sort of take part in this feature. Um, I'm going to ask each guest to, if they could tell me what their trip of the week is, and what I mean by that is something that recently that sort of hasn't gone to plan or maybe a bit of a mistake or wasn't quite right, and just to spread that message like we've been talking about that it's completely normal to sort of trip over and and get things wrong, and that is completely normal to do. A lot of young people will fall at the first hurdle of something for example or someone will fall at the first hurdle and that could be the end of it but like I said it is all right to to trip over so if you were thinking back maybe on this week or something that's happened in the last month or so what would your what would your trip what would your trip be so this this is really I'm so glad you touched on this so my trip of the week I messed up a whole chapter I was writing for my second book so I had to wipe it and start again which is fine but what I've learned from that is that every time you fail I'm not failing I'm closing the 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 gap as to what is going to make me succeed failure is one of the most important things is never a negative do you think I would have written that book if I hadn't failed about it I've been trying to write it for years but I could never do it properly if I hadn't failed all those times I would never have done it because I wouldn't have found the right way. Failure only puts you on the path for the right way. And it is the most important thing. So failure is not, not a bad thing at all. Just fell forward. Yeah, definitely. And that's a, so like all the messages and the conversations that we've had um, today, I think that's probably a, a great way to sort of leave it with that, that message of failure is okay. And it's all right to fall over or make a mistake, or as long as you sort of see maybe why that's happened and respond to it and, it's all about response and react. So 
Yeah, I just think maybe we'll finish off. If there's if there's something that you would say to your sort of, like I've touched on a, a lot of times, a lot of young people um, tune in and listen to the show. If there was a message that you would say to your, let's say, 17, 18 year old self, maybe, or, or, or even younger, if you like, what would that what would that message be? Just always believe in yourself and don't let the outer world determine who you are inside. We're all born unique. We're all born with a purpose and a passion. And don't let the outside tell you that that's not supposed to be there. You can come from anything, anywhere, and you can do amazing things in this world and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. People often tell you otherwise if they've not done it themselves and they like to project fear. Even parents do it. They project fear onto their kids so that they don't get hurt. But it doesn't work like that. You've got to go through these things, find your soul purpose and your passion. And if you find that, you're going to have a very, very exciting, happy life. Well, I think there's no better way to to leave it than and then on that message. Jess, thank you very much for, for sharing your story and being really open and honest about everything that's that's happened to you. Um, like I said earlier, the book is called Silver Linings. It's it's out now, guys. So go and grab your copy. Uh, and read Jess's story in more detail. Jess, we wish you all the best with that, your future projects that, that you're gonna do. Um, take care for the rest of lockdown and um, hopefully we can speak again soon, but just thanks for speaking so honestly and, and we wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. So that was episode two, everyone. I really do hope you enjoyed listening to such an inspiring journey. And honestly, I can't thank Jess enough for speaking so openly on topics of mental health and just providing us all with some powerful messages to take away. A big thank you for listening. As always, please do share it with a friend and let us know what you think over on Instagram. I can't wait to be back with you all for another episode, episode three of Let's Get Talking.